Uh, but we are going to start today in a new series called The Slow Lane. And uh, if you're wondering what that is, uh, it really comes out of a, a simple passage of scripture and really a simple kind of place that I felt like the Lord took me. Uh, and, and I'll just read the scripture, which is it's going to be our series scripture, okay? And so I'm going to read this to you. It's in Jeremiah 2, verse 25. And I'm going to be reading from the message, but listen to this. Slow down. That's just, for some of us, that's enough. (laughs) Slow down. Take a deep breath. What's the hurry? Why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? Now just let that sit there for a second. Slow down. I feel like in my life, the Lord has been shifting me a little bit. I don't know if you can relate to that, but I feel like I'm entering into a new season of life. That, the, that God has been talking to me a lot. And I know as a young man, the thing that was really important to me was speed. Like going fast. Come on. Some of you are like, yes, I love to go fast, you know, and and I get it. And and the thing is, is that I I just feel like God has been stirring in me a new way to approach life. Now, good. So this series is really me speaking to me. And I hope that as I do that, there's something that I say that matter to you. And, and, and I, I like preachers that are in the word and I like preachers that are hearing from God and I like preachers that are giving me fresh content from their own experiences with God. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think it's important. So, so this is fresh. This is, this is something that the Lord is stirring in me about a new season. And I want to just simply say to you, maybe, just maybe, he's stirring something in you too. Maybe, just maybe, he's stirring something in you too. And if you would open yourself up to this possibility uh, that God wants to do a work in you. Because here's the thing I know. That when you're moving fast, come on, it's really hard to see things. Yeah? I mean, when you're moving really fast, it's hard to think about going on a road trip. And if you're going 80 miles an hour... Because none of y'all would do that, right? 65, right? Because you all go to the speed limit. You're going 65 miles an hour. And you're, and you're driving past, like, the Grand Canyon. It's hard to see it, right? It just is. Now, if you pulled over and maybe take, took, took a little while, you'd maybe be able to take it all in. And so the point of this series is what would it look like for me, for you, for our church to begin to slow down a little bit more so that we can actually hang out with God, so that we can actually see what God is doing, how God is moving and where he's moving in my life. And matter of fact, I'd go a step further and say, if I don't do this, I'm going to miss some stuff. If I don't commit myself to doing this in my life, I'm going to miss some things. I'm going to miss some things. And I don't want you to miss some things just like I feel like I would miss some things as well. And when I read this passage of scripture in Jeremiah, the thing that was just, I was taken back by is that he just tells me, slow down, 
Slow down. Stop going so fast. I love the left lane. And if you're in the left lane and you're supposed to, and you're and you're 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 doing slow lane stuff, it frustrates you, doesn't it? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's the person that starts the microwave and looks for something to do to occupy their time because it's taking too long. <laughs> Like you even put it in for 30 seconds and you're like, I got to find something to do because I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. And so you're in that lane. You know what I'm talking about? And that is our world. Our world is moving at that kind of pace. And I'm telling you, it is just hard to be who God wants us to be when we're at that speed. It just is. And, 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 and I am not saying that there won't be seasons of your life where you have to do things quickly. I'm just saying that if you are quick all the time, there's a problem. There's a problem in your life. And eventually, you're going to hit some kind of wall. You're going to hit some kind of impasse that's going to say, sit down, kid. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is. You may even get to a point where you've spent the last 20 years of your life going fast, but you know God less. And I don't want that for you. I want you to know God. And the reason is, is because that is where all of life starts. And if we will get this right, we will be so much better. You know, in Jeremiah, when he says, slow down, take a deep breath, he's actually talking to them about idolatry. It's kind of curious that he says it this way. But he's like, hey, 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 slow down. Pay attention. What are you reaching for? What are you looking for that isn't me? What's the idolatry in your life? What's the thing that you've propped up that you're reaching for that isn't going to satisfy you? You get it? And so there's this idolatry that sometimes comes into our life and, and it's like I'm reaching for something other than God. I'm reaching for something that somehow is going to prove my worth. Because I think sometimes we move fast simply because we're trying to prove ourselves to the world or to people or to some arbitrary standard that somebody created. And I think God's just sometimes wanting to speak into our life and say, hey, 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 hey. If you set that up as the most important thing in your life, it will eventually ruin you. It will eventually become the God of your life. It will eventually be the thing that you're chasing, that you thought you were chasing me, but you weren't chasing me at all. You were chasing your thing. You see how it starts to rattle you? And so that's where we sit, because here's the thing that I found. Jesus was never in a hurry. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever read the Gospels of you know, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? You see Jesus. He's never like, I got to go, got to go. Come on, I got to go. We got to go quickly. We got people to heal. We got people to help. We got people to feed. He's not doing that, is he? Not at any point is Jesus ever in a hurry. And if Jesus is our model, I just think that's interesting. And I think it's something that we should deal with. I think it's something that we should look at because Jesus never seemed stressed over his schedule. And he had all kinds of demands. I mean, think about it. 
some of us in this room have maybe 50 years, like on the planet. And so we're doing our thing and we're moving it. Maybe we're even moving at breakneck speed and we have 50 years, whatever that looks like. Jesus, here's the thing. He had three years to change the world. He started his public ministry when he was 30 and by 33 he was dead on a cross. Three days later resurrected. Get that. Three years. Now if you had only three years... You'd probably be moving even faster than you are right now. But Jesus wasn't doing that. And you can say, well, because he's God. Hold on. It is true. But he also was fully human. And that's why we have that in the scripture. That's why it's important we understand that. He was also fully human. And so Jesus was never in a hurry. He never was rushed. And yet he had a shorter period of time than most of us probably. He wasn't in a hurry. Hmm. Did you know, this is interesting, they actually have identified a sickness in humanity? Uh, We have many sicknesses, come on. But they call it the hurry sickness. Like doctors have come up with this. Like that there's this hurry sickness out there and it affects us on all kinds of levels. It's crazy. And you know what the hurry sickness is? Here it is. It's a compulsive need to do more. And to go faster, even when there's no real need to go faster. It's this compulsive need that we have. It's the microwave thing. It's the speed it up, all right? And so what are the costs of hurry in our lives? I'm going to just tell you three today. Three three things that I, I think a hurried life will get you. Number one, it destroys your relationship with God. I can't say it any more clearly than that it actually starts to deteriorate your relationship with God. And as one pastor said, when it is God's will that I would commune with him like I was in the Garden of Eden. Get that. In other words, when you, if you gave your life to Christ and you came, what happens is you now come back to a relationship with God that was originally established in the Garden. Is that making sense? And so when you get saved, if you are, you go back to that relationship and you get to be in the garden with God. You get to commune with God. Get this. What happens when we're in a hurry is that we aren't communing with God. We're unable to commune with God. And and, 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 and what happens is it begins to affect our relationship with God. Does that make sense? And I know that some of us in here are like, is this really what I came for today? The pastor telling me I've got to slow down? Yeah! That's it. And I know you're important. I'm important. I got things to do. And some of you work in jobs that if you don't do it, you know what happens. And I get it. There's all kinds of pressures on us but we still have choices to make. And I know this, I don't want to get to the end of my life and have regrets because nobody gets to the end of their life and then they're on their deathbed and says, you know, man, I I wish I would have worked more. You know, nobody. Guys, I've dealt with dead people or dying people. And nobody says to me, Pastor, oh man, I wish I would have worked harder. No, they ain't there. 
right there. Imagine if you started now living that way. Imagine starting now what that would be like. Yeah, maybe you would have to change some things. Maybe you would have to shift some things. But you get to the end of your days and your relationship with God is better, not worse. You may get to heaven by the skin of your teeth, but not even have an intimacy with the Father. I don't want that for you. I don't want you to go through your life and not have that kind of relationship with God. We have this fear in us. They call it FOMO. You heard of it? FOMO, it's like some kind of phrase people have come up with is I'm fear of missing out. That's why we won't put our phone down. Because we're like, oh, something could happen. I got to be ready. I got to be ready. It destroys our relationship with God. Number two, it feeds the approval addiction. Some of you are more in touch with that than others. But Jesus was never looking for the approval of people. Matter of fact, I'd say this. If you're looking for the approval of people, it's hard to point people to Jesus. As a pastor, as a preacher, like I'm, I'm up here saying some things that probably isn't just like, you know, like, hey, stop it. Right? If I was worried about your approval of me, I may not say that. Same is true with you is if we live our life for the approval of people, whether it's our boss or whether it's our, our spouse or our kids or, you know, whatever it is, if we, if we start down that road, it actually will begin to hurt us. And I think some of us are going fast, fast, fast because we're trying to keep certain people happy. Some of us work so hard at holidays because we have this fear in us back all the way back that mama did or that daddy did, and we have to work so hard because if we don't, then we're no value. I feel like I'm preaching better than you guys are responding. But number three, number three, it decreases your ability to love people. If I'm supposed to love God and love people, and I'm moving at 80 miles an hour, it's really hard to love people, isn't it? It's really hard to take the time. It's really hard to wait, to stop. You know, I love the way that Carl Jung said it. He said, hurry isn't from the devil. It is the devil. <laughs> it's not from him. It actually is him. Because, because that's where we start to not only it affects our relationship with God, but it reflects our relation, affects our relationships with other people, which are the very things that God wants us to be doing. Right? Up, down. Love God, love people. And if hurry destroys both of those things, kind of a big deal, right? We should tune into this. We should start to look a little deeper. Some of us have cortisol levels that are out of control. And if you don't know what that means, that's the stress hormone. When those things go up, you feel stressed. You feel more anxiety, right? And, and when those things drop or you get depleted of them, that's when you get depressed. Do you get it? That's when you start to feel anxiety. These are things that God never wanted you to have. Does that make sense? He, he wants you to be free. And yet we get so stressed and man, those, those cortisol levels go up and, and the next thing you know, we can't enter into a carefree moment. And when some took somebody important or somebody not important to us, some lady at, at, at the grocery store is having a hard day, you can't stop. You can't say, hey, tell me, tell me what's going on. 
Can I pray for you today? Can, you, know, you just can't. Because why? You got to go, go, go. I got to get, get back in the fast lane. I got to go. Affects our relationship with God. Affects our relationships with other people. Making sense? As we speed up, care goes down. As we speed up, care goes down. And I, I don't want that. I want to be able to love God and people well. And so everybody wants to be in the fast lane, but the slow lane is where it's at. That's my phrase. Everybody wants to be in the fast lane. Everybody's moving, moving, speed, speed, speed. But I'm telling you, the slow lane is where it's at. And I'm going to prove it to you over the next few weeks. I'm going to help you understand what I'm talking about. Because see, the vast majority of Americans in this world feel, feel that this year is busier than last year and that last year was busier than that year. That, that USA Today did this. I mean, they just, hey, you feel busier this year? Yes. Do you feel busier than last year? Yes. It, it, you get it? And so Americans feel this way. And you may be one of those people. And so we've got to look, we've got to lean in. We've got to slow down. We've got to put our blinker on. Because you, you obey the traffic laws. Now put your blinker on and begin to merge. Begin to merge into the slow lane. And some of you are like, oh, I hate this. I hate this. I, I like it over here. But I'm asking you, to, would, you, would you at least put your blinker on and maybe merge over there for the next four weeks? Just merge on over with me and see what God will do. I promise you this. You'll give God four weeks of merging into the slow lane. I believe he's going to speak to you. I believe he's going to start to stir some things in you, some things you didn't see before. You actually might start caring about people that you say you care about by your actions, not just your words. Because how many of us would you like stand up and say, you know, uh, I really hate my family. Right? Most people don't do that. Like, I love my wife, Right? The problem is sometimes what I find is that we say it, but we don't live it. And the things that we say are most important to us are not the things that we're tending to. We're tending to the things that really don't matter ultimately. The distractions, the speed. Has this gotten real? I feel like this got real. I feel like we're in a real place now. and Some of you so want out of here. So we got to merge on over into the slow lane because I believe this. Unless you move at God's speed, you won't see the world through God's lens. If you are not moving at his speed, you are not going to see it the way God sees it. And so here's the point of today. And I'm going to give you just, uh, like I said, the next four weeks, I'm going to give you four things that I think are going to help you move into the slow lane and stay in the slow lane. Here it is. Number one is traveling in the slow lane means learning to pray first traveling in this lane, as I merge over here, it, I learn to pray first in my life. Now, why is that important? Why is that that big a deal? What, 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 what are we getting at here? Well, how do you hear from God if you're not spending any time communing with him? Like talking, interacting. Like, where do you hear him? Dr. Phil? Like, I mean, really, like, how do you hear God? 
I mean, how do you know that you're hearing from the Lord if you create no space for that to happen? And so in order to travel in the slow lane, I have to learn to cultivate a life of prayer and to pray first in all of my endeavors. I want to read something to you in, in Mark 6, Mark 6, 31 through 32. It'll be on the screens, but watch this. Listen to this. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Get it? See the imagery? Keep going. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Like they were that busy. You ever been, come on, you ever been that busy where you didn't have time to eat? Some of you skip lunch on a regular basis and it's not for fasting purposes. It's because you're moving too fast. And so, so, so Jesus says that they didn't have time to eat. Verse 32. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Where they could be alone. Any more of that? Is that it? So Jesus was doing ministry. He was out there with the people. He was doing the things that he was supposed to be doing. He wasn't in a hurry. But he recognized that the crowd was pressing him. Right? They, they needed his time. They needed things from him. So what did he do? He says, hey guys. We got we to gotta steal away. We got to get away. We got to get to a quiet place so that we can focus, so that we can see again. I think a lot of times the only reason I lash out in my anger is because I'm moving too fast. When I, when I let my anger get the best of me, it's usually because I'm moving too fast. Men, come on. And, and it's just true. And so Jesus knew, Jesus knew that they had to get away. And so in order to travel in the slow lane, I have to learn to steal away, pray first, begin to focus on God. And that's what Jesus did. Because see, look, prayer shouldn't be, prayer should be a first response and not a last resort. It should be a first response. So when the thing shows up or that situation or whatever it is, I should respond in prayer. And you're like, really? Have you ever done this? Yeah, I'll pray for you and not done it. You ever done that? Come on. I've done that. And some of you are like, scandalous. <laughs> but the reason I do that is that I'm moving too fast. That's it. I can make all the excuses in the world. It's because I'm moving too fast and I'm not spending any time in the slow lane. And, and I'll, I'll give it to you. So if someone says, hey, can you pray for me? This is going on. Yes, I will pray for you, and you move on. What if you just stopped for a moment and said, yes, I will pray for you. Matter of fact, I'm going to write that down. Pull out your fancy little gadget, call the phone, because you know you have one. Take a little note, right? Take a little note so that you can do it. And you know what that does for the person? Like when you actually write down their name with the little thing, they feel what? Cared for. They feel cared for. Like you, they, they don't think, yeah, they ain't going to pray for me. They don't think that. They think, oh, you know what? They're really going to pray for me. And so when I say that prayer should be a first response in all of our lives, that's what I mean. And so I've been thinking about that. Like when I go into a meeting and someone's talking about something or I have to make a decision or I've got some big thing happening to my family, what is my first response? 
Is it to worry? Is it to become afraid? What is it? When the news shows up and says the car the virus <laughs> is coming after me, what do I do? Go buy a bunch of hand sanitizer and a mask? Maybe. But do I ever think about praying? Do I ever think about walking around my house and saying, in Jesus' name, this will not get here? Because I believe in a God that's able. That's the first thing rather than fear. Some of us in this room are gripped with fear and anxiety and worry because we won't take it to God first. The fast lane will lead to anxiety. All right. Come on. All right, I'm getting close, guys. I'm getting close. I want to read something to you out of Proverbs 15, 28. Um, listen to this. The heart of the godly think carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. Any of y'all have a big mouth? Any of y'all good with your words? You know what I'm talking about. You're sharp, sarcastic, quick on your feet. A good debater. You know, I'm one of those people. And when I read a passage like this, I'm, I'm confronted with something that I'm forced to look at, and that is that I have to think carefully before I speak. Because if I don't, there's a good chance something comes out of my mouth that I shouldn't say and that people get hurt by. And so look, look, praying first keeps us from hurting others with our words and our actions. When I pray first, it keeps me from doing that. Matter of fact, the Bible says I should calculate, I should think, I shouldn't react. And listen to me, listen to me. When you are governed by your emotions, your feelings, and your impulses, you will hurt people with your words. Because the Bible says that I have to think carefully. And I think thinking carefully is code (laughs) for praying, that I begin to think on the things of God, that I begin to pray before I say something. You know, someone shows up and they say, and you say, no. Can you give me a moment? You're You're in an argument with your spouse and you're about to say something you know you can't take back. Honey, can you give me a moment? I care too much about you to be flippant with my words. And if you push me anymore, that's what might happen. And I don't want to do that. And so I'm going to walk out the house. I'm going to do a little jaunt around the neighborhood. (laughs) Jesus, help me. And then I'm going to come back and say, baby, I love you so much that I had to walk away so that I could say life-giving things to you. I'm going to be careful with you because I love you. And when we're not careful with people, doesn't that mean that we don't love them? Really? If I don't take time to care for people, then I'm not sure I really love people. 
And I can blame it on everything. I can blame it on the world and I can blame it on traffic and I can blame it on the fact that I didn't eat lunch because I was moving too fast. I can blame it on whatever it is. I can blame it on the microwave because it's not fast enough. I can blame it on everything, but at the end of the day, I have to take responsibility for the words that I say, the things that come out of my mouth. See, when we are careful, we show care. I know, I know. I worked on that all week. When, we, when we're careful, we show care. A prayerful life leads to a careful life. When I'm praying, I can be more careful with people. I tell you, think about firing somebody. You ever fired anybody? Some of you are like, never, I've never done it. It's, it's no fun. But I tell you this, every time I go into some kind of situation where I have to fire somebody, which hasn't happened very often, I'm very careful. I think about the person. I think about what I'm going to say. Sometimes I even write it down and read it because I don't want to screw it up. You know what I'm talking about? It's like going off the cuff at a funeral. Not smart. You should know what you're going to say. But why do I do that? Because I know how important that moment is. How I handle myself in that moment is a big deal. It communicates care and love towards the person. It also shows something about my character. All of that. And so we have to make sure that we're rightly gauging those things. Now listen to this. So prayer, praying first keeps us from hurting others with our words and our actions. The next one is praying first helps us make wiser decisions. How many of us need to make some wiser decisions? None of you, I guess. That's great. That's great. I'm praise God that you always are making good decisions. I know in my life, the times I've made the worst decisions is when I was moving too fast. I'm just saying it's true because I responded to it impulsively. I didn't think about it. I didn't pray about it. And the next thing you know, I'm making a bad decision. And here's the problem in my life. When I make a bad decision, lots of people get hurt. Like in your world, it may be like this. In my world, it's much bigger. And the higher you go up the ladder, wherever that ladder is, the bigger it is your impact can be on the decisions that you make and how they impact people. And so we need wisdom. And you know, here's the good news. In James chapter 1, verse 5, listen to this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So wait a second. You have to ask God for wisdom? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. What's asking? I'm in the slow lane now. I'm spending time. I'm asking the Lord, God, this situation, this thing, this thing. I need wisdom because if you don't give me wisdom, I know I'm going to make bad decisions. Now here it is. Parents, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you today, parents. This is the number one thing you should be looking for in raising children. Can they make wise decisions? If your children get to the point where they're out of your home and they can make wise decisions that are based on the word of God, you have won, score, yes, awesome. That's what you're looking for. If you have children right now making bad decisions, there's a reason. They don't have in them what they need in them. And your job is to get it in them so that they then can make those right decisions. Okay, all right. I got one last thing and then I'm done, okay? You guys all right? All right, wake up. 
Last one. Praying first reminds me where the power is really located. I want to read something to you in Acts 9. Peter was about to go and heal a girl. And in verse 40 of Acts 9, Peter, listen to what it says. Listen to what the Bible says. Peter sent them out of the room. Then he got down on his knees. You see that? He sent everybody out of the room. He gets down on his knees, and it says that he prayed. He prayed. Then look, turning towards the dead woman, she was dead. He said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. Now, I know in a situation like that, if you were going in to pray for a dead body to be raised from the dead, you'd probably pray. You know, I mean, come on, that's a no-brainer. You get right in the slow lane then. But why don't we do that with the trivial things? Why don't we do that with the everyday things, the mundane things? Why, why don't we do that? Because here's the thing. The same power that raised that girl is in you. So when you pray, that's the kind of stuff you're dealing with. And yet we live in the fast lane. We don't do it. We take it for granted. And we don't ever get on over and just begin to pray in the simple things, in the medium things, in the big things. We just forget sometimes. And I just love that reminder from Peter. He's like, look, I know I'm walking into it and I'm going to make sure I get on my knees and I begin to seek the Lord because why? It reminds me of where the power is. I tell you, when I take control of something and I grab hold of it and I think I'll do it and I'll this and ah, I just don't have it. I get angry. I get frustrated. I get confused. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? When you find yourself in a situation that you just kind of grabbed hold of it. The Bible says, if you'll just remember, Daniel, Daniel, will you remember that I have the power? And if you want the power, if you want the wisdom, if you want the ability to be careful with your words, you got to come to me. Because when you try to do it in your own effort, man, you make a mess of it. And you know what I love? That even when I'm stubborn and messy and broken and sinful, God's promises are still true. I read this morning in Deuteronomy (laughs) how God was going to give the land to Israel And he says, and you don't even deserve it. You've been so stiff-necked, always causing trouble, making problems for my boy Moses. And he says, I'm going to give you the land, not because you deserve it, but because I'm the promise keeper. I told you I'd do it, and I'm going to do it. And I tell you, I was like, I just thank you, God, that your promises are not contingent on what I do. Even if I choose to stay in the fast lane the rest of my life and just burn it, 
His promises are still good. But if I take, I think, the better option, turn the blinker on and begin to merge, that there's something sweet there for me. There's a life without that anxiety, that fear. There's a life of peace. There's something there that, look, you could say I don't want, and that's fine. But I just believe that you do want it. And my heart for you today and through the next few weeks is that you would open yourself up, that you'd just begin to merge. You'd begin to go that way, even if you don't want to, just kind of maybe begin to eke over there. Put your blinker on. Because, see, we've got to slow down if we want to be able to pray more. We've got to slow down. Because it's hard to have a relationship with God when we're moving fast. And as, as Dallas Willard said, and I love this quote, he said, we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. And he was a spiritual guide. Dallas wrote a lot of books about how to connect with God. And the one thing he tees off on is hurry. And said that we have to ruthlessly eliminate it. Because if we don't, we will not be able to commune with the Father who loves us. And it is that Father that we find everything that we need, the source of all things, the power. Man, it's good. So can we just pray together? God, I thank you. I thank you for your word and what it means for us. God, I thank you that today there are some people that are thinking about switching lanes. I'm reminded of that quote from John Wesley when he says, give me, give me 12 men who love God and hate sin and I will change the world. But in order to love God, I've got to make time for it. I've got to begin to move into that new lane. I believe there's some world changers in this room today. I believe that God is raising up some people that want more of God than they do the speed of life. I don't know if that's you, but if it is you, I want to pray for you. Because I believe right as you walk out this door, you're going to be called back to the fast lane again. And I want to pray for you. And so if that's you, I'm going to pray for you, okay? God, I thank you so much for everybody that's willing to begin to merge. I pray in Jesus' name that the power of God would be released in their life. I pray against the enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy all of that. I ask that it wouldn't happen. I ask, Lord, that this week would be a sweeter week than they've ever had with you. Simply because they switched lanes. God, would you speak to them? Some of them are asking for things right now. Would you, would you meet them there, God? Would you just begin to meet them in that place? Lord, would you answer prayers? Would you come through in ways that, that, they, that, that they've been longing for? Would you speak in ways that they, that they, uh, that they've never heard before? I'm excited about that for you. I'm excited for you. You can't save yourself. I need the power of the resurrected Jesus 
the resurrected Christ to save me. And I believe that there are some people in this room today that if you died today, you would not spend eternity with God. And I just want to simply ask you, do you want to spend eternity with him? Do you want to be with God forever? The Bible says you can. And I just want to ask you, are you ready? And if you are, I want to pray for you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I just want to ask you this question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord? And if you don't, let today be your day. And the way I want you to indicate that is on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up. And all I want to do is pray for you. I'm not going to point you out or anything. I just want to pray for you. And so right now on the count of three, if this is your desire to take a step towards God, would you just, on the count of three, lift it up. Lift your hand up. One, two, three. Go ahead. Lift it up. God bless you. God bless you. Good, good, good. Church, we're all going to pray together. Nobody's praying alone in here. If you raised your hand or you wanted to, just simply repeat these words. Lord Jesus, I need you. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you be my Savior? Will you be my Lord? Help me to merge into the slow lane. God, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Can we celebrate people that are making decisions today? Hey, I'm so proud of you.